Today's reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 to chapter 4, verse 1. So, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion. Who are they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. This is the word of the Lord. I think I'll try taking this out. I think that works best. Well, good morning to you all. And yeah, from me also a warm welcome here at Breakthrough. My name is Niels. I'm on the staff here, if you don't know me. Uh, Why don't we pray together? as we look at God's word. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you that we can look at it. Thank you for the church. Pray that as we think more about it today, what it means to be a church, to be uh, the body of Christ. Pray that you would speak to each one of us. Pray we would come away encouraged. What a wonderful thing you are doing in the world. And would we play our part. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Now, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 18, that's where we'll be starting first. Now, maybe, uh, yeah, it sounds like we're in Hebrews. If you are new, we're doing a topical series at the moment. We're looking at membership for six weeks. Normally, we go through a book of the Bible, section by section. That's our usual practice. But sometimes we do a a topic for a few weeks. And right now, it's membership. And membership means that God wants you to be part of a local church that this is my church this is my home my family uh, this is where uh, yeah where i belong and so if you're from shatin church that is what god wants for you if you're a visitor and you're a christian god wants you to be part of a local church Uh, hopefully you know that that may be why you're here you're looking for a church Uh, if you're a visitor here and you're not a christian it's great you're here of course your greatest need it doesn't start with the church isn't it it starts with jesus uh, he died for you, so you can be forgiven. But once you're part of, yeah, once you come to him, you come to his family. 
you come to the people of God and God wants you to join a church. Now, some of us think that's a great thing. That's, that's just normal. Of course you're at church. You're part of a church. You're a church member. Others uh, find it more difficult. Uh, we have links groups where we discuss the sermon every week. And apparently there were some pretty good discussions uh, last week. It's a contentious issue. Should you commit to a local church? And, uh, yeah, some people, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about membership. Maybe you have some bad experiences or you just don't understand it. Well, that's why I think it's helpful that we have a, a series on it. I want to show that, yeah, to be part of a local church, to be formally committed to one, it's biblical, uh, it's good, it's wonderful, it's so helpful. Uh, it's not something you can get by word study. Uh, just, uh, yeah, look for the word member. Well, what we talked about, you get members of the body of Christ. Eh? We're all connected. It's what we looked at last week. Uh, we're one group. We're all together. Uh, that's the membership. He had a kind of spiritual reality. But, of course, if you look for signing on the dotted line or something, yeah, that's not in the Bible. But the idea is there. And that's what we're going to look at today. Now, what I, what is a church? In some way, yeah, it's a group of Christians gathered together around God. But where I want to go today is kind of this definition. If we can go to the next slide. Yeah, there we go. This is the idea where I want to go today. A church is a group of Christians that is formally committed to oversee one another's discipleship. It's a bit formal. Uh, but uh, a group of Christians who are committed to one another. Uh, you saw that picture in the beginning, all these hands, and everyone's holding each other's hands. They're all committed to each other, uh, particularly, well, for their Christian life. They're dis- being disciples, being Christians. That is, I think, what a, what a church is. I want to say that now so you know, look, this is what I'm talking about. And that doesn't mean that you can never visit another church. I know there are some churches like that. If you're a member, you're not allowed to visit another church. Of course not. You can go to another church sometimes. It's just, you have a primary church. This is where I really belong. And the other one, well, I'm just visiting there sometimes. It also doesn't mean you can never leave. Some churches, you're a member, you can't leave. Of course, if you go to Hong Kong Island, you need another church because you're too far away. If you go abroad, yeah, you need another church. But while you're here, uh, you're committed. Okay, this is my church, my home. Uh, It's formal commitment. This is my church family. I know you, you know me. I'm committed to you, you're committed to me. We're a group committed to each other. That is what a church is. It's about commitment. Even though we're one church with all believers throughout time and space, in practice, being Christians is, is in a group. A group that's committed to each other. Commitment. And that's why I've called this sermon, uh, yeah, the beauty of commitment. Commitment is beautiful. So let's, let's go there. First thing, I think real love means commitment. Oops, no. Ah, let me turn it on. Yeah, real love means commitment. If you think about... Love, real love, no, the, the best love is commitment, isn't it? And if you think about God's love, we think that God's love is so great. Why is it so great? Well, in terms of what he is willing to give, isn't it? What he's willing to do 
for his people, ultimately giving up his son uh, to pay for our sins. But it's not just a one-time thing. And the Bible says, look, God is still committed to us. And, um, his, nothing can separate us from his love. Uh, John, uh, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. Nothing can sh- snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is committed to his people. Whatever we do, he loves us and he'll keep hold of us. No matter what happens, he holds us. We can rely on him. That's the thing. We can rely on God's love. That is our hope. If God's commitment to us was, was flaky, uh, if he, uh, well, he loves us, but uh, he can't be too bothered if things go wrong, we have no hope. Our hope is, is his, his constant grace, his constant love, his commitment to us, right? Uh, think of a marriage. Marriage is real love because it's, it's a committed love. It's not a love that is uh, kind of, well, uh, I will, uh, I'll be with you as long as I feel like it, as long as it's easy, as long as I get something out of it. That's not real love, isn't it? What do people promise when they get married? Well, for better, for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness or in health, till death do us part. That is commitment, isn't it? I'm going to stay with you whatever happens. No matter, no matter what you do, I'm going to love you until one of us dies. That is commitment, and <laughs> that's beautiful. I mean, the other one is just selfish, isn't it? Commitment is, is beautiful. I hope we all think that. Now, of course, you are committed because you are one, right? Husband and wife joined together by God. God made you one. You have to stay together in that sense. And so you do everything to stay together. But also, it's not just a reality. You need it. And the thing is, I think a wedding ceremony is, is in some ways a bit bleak. I don't know what you think about uh, a wedding that looks so happy, happily ever after, but the vows talk about sickness and poverty, right? Actually, this is a real broken world where things go wrong. And that's why it's so wonderful that you can rely on someone. Here's someone committed to me, someone with whom I'm safe because they, they will love me no matter what happens. That is commitment. It, it's great. Well, but then comes the Christian life. It's not just a broken world. Well, what what do we have as Christians to face? There's a world that's hostile to us. There's the devil who wants to get us. There's our sin. Uh, That's uh, what we heard in this passage from Hebrews. It's quite a dark passage, isn't it? Make sure you keep trusting Jesus. You've got a long journey ahead. Watch out for sin. Uh, Keep going. Uh, The Christian life can be hard. It's a broken world. Lots of enemies. Who can we rely on? Who can help us? Well, the answer is the church. We should rely on the church. We're one. We're together. God made us one, and that means we can't give up on one another. We should be committed to one another. And that is the picture in the New Testament. I don't know what you think it means. Okay, we're one body. What do we do? Is it just worshiping together? Well, you read the New Testament, and it's all about one another. There's over 50 commands do this with one another. It's about a shared life, a community that's, that's together. A lot about loving one another, staying together, have bear with one another, uh, have peace with one another. But also a big focus on discipleship. 
uh, teach one another, encourage one another, rebuke one another. Uh, uh, why? Partly, well, we're, we're God's people. We're not just any group of people. We are se- assembled around God. God should be at the center, hence his, his words. But also, look, <laughs> keeping going as Christians is our greatest need, right? It doesn't matter what happens with my job. It doesn't happen, matter what happens with my education. The thing that really matters is that I keep trusting Jesus all the way to the end. Uh, our discipleship is our greatest need. So that is where we should commit to one another, where we should support one another, where we should help one another. Uh, our spiritual welfare, that is our greatest need. And so a church, yeah, it's a group of Christians committed to one another's discipleship. Because if you then go to the Bible, yeah, I, I told you about Matthew 18. Uh, it starts with God's commitment to us. Uh, 18 verse 12. Matthew 18 verse 12. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Yeah, it's uh, God's commitment. It's not that, uh, oh, well, one of my sheep is missing, pity. No, no. If my sheep is missing, I'm going to go after it. He's committed to his sheep. He goes after it. But that's God's commitment. But then that should be seen in our commitment. Verse 15. If your brother or sister sins... Go and point out their faults just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Eh? Uh, If someone wanders away into sin, you want to go after them and win them back. Just like the lost sheep. And if they will not listen, take one or two others along. So that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Uh, If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. you, you, You pursue them. You don't just leave them to it. You go after them, and if they don't listen, you try something else. And if they don't listen, try something else. You're committed to them, because they're they're one of the sheep wandering away. Or in Hebrews, let's go to Hebrews 3. See again that commitment there. So Hebrews 3, uh, verse 12. Let's go there. 3, verse 12. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The danger of sin, and so encourage one another daily, every day. Uh, It's not not easy, isn't it? It, It's even more than just... uh, Encouraging one another. I find verse 12 a big challenge. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. Make sure no one of you has an unbelieving heart. And that is addressed to a group. That none of you, none of us, should have a sinful heart. And that's given to the group. Look, all of you, make sure no one has an unbelieving heart. That's commitment. It's taking responsibility. If, if, if we're together, I will take responsibility for you. I'm going to look after you. You don't just shrug shoulders. You take responsibility. We should feel responsible for one another. After all, we're family. 
right? I, I feel responsible for my kids. I want to make sure they're okay. I'm responsible for them. Uh, I feel responsible for EJ. She's my wife. I want to make sure she's okay. Um, and as Christians, if we're family, we should feel responsible for one another. And I hope you want that. I hope that if you wander into sin, that you want people to come after you and to try to win you back. I hope that if you're in trouble, you want people to help you. Isn't it great how much we've been supporting the Owens with what they've been going through? Isn't it wonderful that we show such commitment to them? And that's beautiful. That's the beauty of commitment. You don't just leave them to it. No, we, we're together. They're part of the family. We help them. We go after them. We're committed to them. It's beautiful. And that, yeah, you will want to do that for others as well. Now, I guess all of us will agree with this, right? Yes, we need to do this. But we haven't yet arrived at uh, signing. <laughs> that brings us to the next point. Yeah? Um, commitment, it needs a defined group in practice. We're not there yet. Yeah, there we are. Great. <laughs> commitment needs a defined group. Because, okay, we should be committed, but to whom? Should we be committed to every Christian in the world? In some sense, yes. In some sense, yeah, that they're all our brothers and sisters. But can I see to it that none of them has an unbelieving heart? It's very hard, isn't it? I, I don't know most of the one billion Christians in the world. I don't know them. They don't know me. I can't see in their life. Uh, and just practically... I find three kids enough. Imagine 200 kids. <laughs> right? We are limited beings. We have limited time, especially in Hong Kong. How can we look after everyone in the world? It doesn't help, isn't it? Uh, all Christians you know, well, most Christians I know are in the UK, where I used to live for 15 years. Again, I can't look after them. No, God's plan is that people are in a local church. It's just a way to subdivide uh, the body. So you remember our walkathon yeah, in October. We are raising funds for the church center. Of course, that's dangerous, right? Walking uh, one kilometer around the river uh, in Shatin, very dangerous. So we, we need to look after each other. But we're such a big group. What do we do? Well, you can see there the, uh, the yellow group, isn't it? We have the yellow group and the red group and the blue group and the green group. You know, green group, you look after each other. Blue group, you look after each other, right? It's, I hope you see that's helpful. Right? Make it into a smaller group. Well, I think that group is what a local church is. Uh, because the New Testament assumes a limited group. Again, Hebrews 3, see to it that none of you. Who is the you? Is that every Christian in the world? No, it's, it's, a, it's a certain group. And people know each other. And they're going to make sure that none of you are unbelieving. Uh, a few pages on, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Again, it assumes a kind of limited group. Yeah, um, 13 verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Yeah, this group, they have leaders and they know their leaders. It's not every pastor in the world. It's they have leaders and those leaders know them. They take care of you. They give an account for you. And it assumes there's a kind of a group who know each other. Uh, other things, uh, what is it? Uh, 2 Corinthians talks about a majority. So presumably there's a group 
with a majority. Again, not every Christian in the world. Uh, Matthew 18, what we saw, if they don't listen to you, tell it to the church. So it's a, it's a church thing, isn't it, this group where you, who pursue this person. Uh, the picture is of a clear group. And if this group cares for one another, yeah, that works. Uh, people in, uh, all over the world can't take care of me. But a church, we can look after one another. We can be committed to one another. I, I hope that just makes sense. Christian life is part of a defined group. A certain group where we, yeah, we love it. And we want Chatham Church to be such a group. Right? We want to be a group that deeply cares for one another. Is deeply committed to one another. That, yeah, goes after one another if needed. That is what is biblical. That's what we want. And signing up? Well, it's just helpful. Formal signing up is practically helpful. It's really helpful. Because in some sense, you don't always need it, right? Imagine a church of a thousand people in a village somewhere, cut off from everywhere else. There's only one church in the village. Now, do they need membership? In some ways, they don't, right? It's the only church in town. Every Christian will go to this church. Um, everyone who became a Christian, it will have been through this church. Everyone who was baptized was baptized at that church because it is the only church there. And so they know exactly who to look after. It's everyone who was baptized, right? Everyone who's become a Christian there. But you can't do that in Hong Kong. There's thousands of churches in Hong Kong. Who's going to look after who? Um, you come here, do people know you? I guess almost all of us were converted and baptized in another church, not in this church. And you can easily come here in Hong Kong and all your friends back home, they don't know if you're going to a church and no one here knows you're here. How can anyone look after you without you joining some group? It's just practically helpful, right, to, to join a group. No one will take responsibility for you if, if you're not part of a church. Which pastor should give an account for you? Which, uh, which Christians are going to take responsibility for you? That's why it's helpful to, yeah, to say, okay, I want to belong to this church. I want you to look after me. And I will help look after you. Yeah, I will love you. I will use my gifts and to serve you. And, and you, please use your gifts to serve me. We need each other. Yeah, we need each other. And so, yeah, a group of Christians... Formally committed to oversee one another's discipleship. And that's different from, say, a Christian concert where 10,000 Christians come together. Of course, as we worship together, it's like the heavenly church, but it's not a, a local church, if that makes sense. They're not spirit, spiritually responsible for one another. But that is what God wants. And do you need to sign up? Well, to some extent, no. There's plenty of you here. And we know this is your church, right? This is the place you go. This is where you have your friends. You go to links. You serve. We know you're in. You, you, we know you're part of this church. Uh, there's others here, and, and we know you're not part of this church. We know you're just here for two weeks, and then you go back home. That's okay. But how about all the gray cases? How about all the people? I don't know. You, you go to one church for the preaching and another church for the worship. Who's going to look after you? Should we both look after you? None of, you, none of us? That's hard to know, isn't it? 
Or what if you can't come on Sunday? Uh, my previous church, there was this old lady in her 90s, single, no family, no friends. And she got placed in an old people's home in another town. Who's going to look after her? She can't really come here on Sunday. And so she, yeah, she called the church and she, she found out about the church and she wanted to commit. And yeah, I want to be a member, which means that we should look after her, right? It, it's just helpful. It clarifies, okay, we, now we're responsible for you. Uh, like dating and marriage. Uh, dating, you're not responsible. Hey, you're just checking out, but if it doesn't work out, you can leave. And if you're married, you can't do that. If you're married, you're committed. But how about all the gray areas? That's, uh, the Christian faith is nice and clear. You're married or you're single. But in the world, there's so much confusion. Right? In, uh, if you're not a Christian, yeah, people who are not Christians, when, when can you not leave? When you start having sex? When you move in together? When you have children? W- w- what is the point? When is it, when are you really committed to each other? Just make it clear. Just say, okay, I do to each other, and then it's easy. Right? It, it, it's that simple. And so for most of us, it shouldn't be a problem to sign up because you're already part of this. Yeah, but if we don't know you, if we don't know you well enough, just, you know, sign up. Yes, this is my church. I want to belong to you, and I want you to look after me. That is membership. It's very simple. I hope this, this doesn't sound strange. It doesn't sound intimidating. It's just, look, this is where I belong. Let's make it clear. So that it's easy. And uh, yeah, and if you don't want to, why not? Why wouldn't you say, yes, I commit to you and you commit to me? Huh? Is it, yeah, are you afraid of commitment? Or do you like your freedom? That's the thing, isn't it? People don't like to commit because they, they want to be free. I, th- I think it's a bit strange because you're part of a body. You should be together with other Christians. Is there a kind of pride? Do you think you can survive on your own? That's the thing, isn't it? Because if you're not committed to other people, they, might not, they, they won't be committed to you, right? A marriage where one person is committed and the other person says, well, as long as I like it, that doesn't work. If, if you don't want to commit to a church, then if you're in trouble, should we look after you? I don't know. Maybe we have other people to look after, right? If you're not committed, yeah... You need to survive on your own, ultimately. Again, it doesn't have to be here, but every Christian should be part of a church. Otherwise, ultimately, you're on your own. And we can't survive on our own. We, 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 yeah, we shouldn't be on our own because we're part of a family, but you can't be on your own. And you, you won't survive. So, yeah, be a member. Well, when in a few weeks we sign up, you know, make it clear. This is the church I belong to. And yeah, that's it. Now, I guess you have a few questions that we uh, should go through. I mean, is this practical? (laughs) Uh, It's not very practical. Let's go to the next slide. Of course, we're still 300 people. It's too big. That's why links is so important. I mean, uh, it's very hard to look after 300 people. But if each of us is in a group of 10 people who look after each other, wouldn't that be fantastic? If no one falls through the crack, because everyone has people who look after them. 
Uh, that's why links is so important. It's, it's what it means to be a church, a group committed to each other. Uh, if you're not in a links group, can we find a way to connect you with other people from the church? Because we need to be together. Um, yeah, and, and as leaders, of course, we, we want to look after you, but there, there's a lot of you. How can I make sure that none of 300 of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart? Uh, we need to all play a part in this. Uh, this is a, a group of Christians, not just an organization. It's a group. Uh, so, yeah, that's why, we want, that's why links is so important. If you haven't thought about links yet, be linked up. <laughs> right? Come and join a group. I'm not saying we do it well at the moment, which is one reason why we're trying to push it. But, w- w- yeah, we need each other. Uh, who can be a member? Well, every Christian, right? Any Christian who wants to make this their home, we should welcome them. Because, after all, all Christians are our brothers and sisters. A church is not a club where we think, well, should we let them in or not? Well, they have not much to offer. Uh, we don't like them. Wrong class, whatever. That, that's not Christian, right? Everyone who we think is part of the body should be welcome in this body. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, that's biblical. Where should you be a member? Well, where you share your life. Where you have Christians who know you and you know them and you share your life, that is where you should be a member. Um, That makes it a bit difficult. Can I be a member of two churches? Well, in a way, having two families is a lot of work, isn't it? How can you commit yourself fully to people if you have two groups of people to commit yourself to? If you can do it, well done, I can't. Yeah? of course, there's some people, they, they live kind of two lives. Uh, you come from the UK, you have your church there, but you're here for a year. Of course, in a way, then, it's good to have two men. Yeah, you, you don't really leave that church, but you just, okay, temporarily come here. In that case, being a member of two churches, yeah, that, that makes sense. Or you're, you have a home church, but you study in another country, and then you're here for the holidays. Yeah, then it makes sense. To, because, you, in a way, you live in two places. Um, When should you join? Is that the next question? Well, when you've made a church your home. If you've made a church your home and you think, I'm going to stay here, I'm going to be committed here, then sign up. Not after five years. I don't know, three, four months. Uh, When should you leave? When you make another church your home. And finally, uh, the question you think, does that mean we don't care about other Christians? Because it sounds like, okay, we, we care about just each other. No, of course not. And we are one big body. We work together with other churches. Uh, I hope if there's a Christian in your workplace, you, you're interested in them. They're your brother or sister. You, you want to uh, make sure they're okay. It's just not the same level of responsibility as, as your primary commitments. I mean, if they wander off into sin, there's, you want to warn them, but there's not much you can do. And you can't bring them to your church uh, so call their pastor to look after who should be looking after them. Yeah, uh, and yeah, we support Christians all over the world. We send missionaries to build up the church. Friday, a Langham partnership. Uh, they do preaching conferences in, in countries where there's not good preaching, where there's uh, not much theological training. Great. Uh, it means that visitors here, actually it's important to talk to visitors. Why are they visiting well, presumably because they don't have a home church, right? Otherwise, they would be there. If they're here, 
they're probably looking for a church. And if a church is the most important thing for a Christian, well, help them find a church here or somewhere else. But yeah, we, we should be welcoming, not just because they're brothers and sisters, but probably because they need a church, right? I hope this answers your questions. We have, a, uh, we have another big Q&A on the 12th where you can ask all your questions. Maybe send them in in advance. My email is on the front of the notice sheet. Yeah? Uh, then we can make sure we deal with them. But, but I, I hope you see that this is important and, and that it's good, right? I come back to the beauty of commitment. People who really care for one another, who know I'm responsible for you. And so I'm going to love you. I'm going to do whatever it takes that you are spiritually well. That is, that is beautiful. Isn't that so different from the world where people are just on their own? But God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be together, one body who, yeah, who are committed. And so, yeah, that will be such a witness to the world. So why don't we pray? And then we'll sing our final song, O Church Arise. Father, thank you for your commitment to your people. Thank you that you gave up your son and there is nothing else you will, nothing that you will not do for your people. Pray that we would have the same heart for each other. That we would know each other. That we would be in each other's lives. That we would look after one another. Keep one another going. Encourage one another daily. That each one of us would make it. That none of us be hardened. Father, give us that love. Convince us of your love for your people. Not just for us, but for each other, that we would join in that love that is so beautiful. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Oh, church, arise. Please stand.